Welcome to the Magic Hour, a safe haven for lost stories and curious folk. Yes, welcome to the new season. Woo! <laughs> you are joining us back again as the veil thins, as we promised. Um, misty, misty water colored <laughs> experiences heading your way. Um, and we've got some new things to update you on. Um, first, we've got YouTube. Um, a, it's exactly the same thing you're listening to now, but in YouTube form, basically improving our visibility. And we've introduced um, an email that you can email us on and um, basically be our business contact portal. Yes. And we are posting on Substack now. Uh, depending on how you're following us, none of this might mean anything to you if you're an old school listener and you've just got us on your uh, streaming app. But possibly bringing in some new folk with these new portals. So uh, I thought we would begin by kind of talking about the collaborative pleasure um, and and new challenges and new acknowledgements that come with these new portals. And I, f I figured, Pixie, I'd ask you to kind of talk about your experience with Substack platform and 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 the, and the way that we're posting and what's that doing for your creativity and what was what's your experience been on that? I mean, I just want to first just say how amazing this whole time has been. Um, when I look back when we started and all of the work we've done and then how, because when you stick with something, it slowly evolves. And I was listening to our last episode a few weeks ago. And oh, wow. it's, it's like a time capsule because now we've come to the other side, to the rebirth. And so, <clears throat> you know, it all started with us. Magic hour. Yeah, that sounds better. And we need to change some things. And we added a few stars in the logo and different font. And like, it kind of started with that, which as visual creatures, I think that makes a lot of sense. And we kind I think we fed off of that, whether we realized it or not. And then we kind of started playing with Substack. Rudo already was on it. And I was... I have friends on it. Kate, our, our friend who will be on one of our episodes, has one. She's had one for a while. And so I decided to try one. And then we realized we could host our podcast there. Mm -hmm. And we liked we liked the idea of it. We liked the format. We liked how it lended itself to... Like the price point. Um, <laughs> the price point, yeah. But also just like it's a little more interactive and it's a little more... Mm -hmm. um, there's something yeah the interface is different it feels a little like live journal i think i i think it <laughs> harkens back to the live journal and um when i was starting to work with it we spent some time on the phone i can't figure this out um yes, it has you know. very narrow parameters around its aesthetics yeah and it's and presentation it's not like wix it's not like you can you can't design no. your own website with this thing it's got a yeah. template yeah and i my memorable Memory is us spending a good 20 minutes deciding on the color mm -hmm. um, for the <laughs> for the page. In HTML, and, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and it was very like Diaryland Live Journal-esque. It was yes. we are we are um, products of our generation. And Ruta was like, what about this green? And I was like, no. And she picked a green that was like slightly different than the other green. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, Maybe she's like, well, let me try this one. Like anyone listening in who doesn't really play with, I mean, a lot of our friends would understand, but it was really funny. What about the screen? I was like, that one's better. She's like, really? From this one? And they were just all different 
subtle variations of green. Um, and then like, you know, with me, most people, you'd want to like get past that point as quickly as possible, <laughs> but it's like, we're going to stay here as long as it goddamn takes. Yeah. We had to figure we it out. get that tone right. <laughs> yeah. And we did. And it was, it's a good color. I like it. And, you know, there's also like, we're always agreeing on how we want things to look when you enter or whatever space with the podcast you're in. And I'm like, I want to keep the logo the same every time. So we have more, you know, room to have images and stuff in our Substack posts. And sometimes Rudo wants to change up the logo and we'll talk about it and we'll like agree. And it's just all these funny, like, they're really not that important, but they are to us. So yeah, we, it's they are to our us. entire personality. <laughs> yeah. So we're, so we're collaborating on all these different levels in different ways to the recording, yeah. to the order we release them to, but um, it's all kind of come together and we have so many amazing things to share with you. We have so many amazing episodes. We're so excited to release. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So um that's yes yeah and (laughs) we're calling this a mythic check-in because a lot's gone on where are we at yeah season season one to season two yep a lifetime has unfolded yes it has uh a myriad of experiences Mm -hmm. have landed on our doorsteps like Mm -hmm. a little changeling in a basket yes so we figured let's talk about how those gifts have impacted or what we've learned um, and what's this cu- kind of current version of our, of our self story of our personal mythos and, um, yes. then also how we stay in the spirit of these things of hope, of grief, of motion, um, little, little personal moments. Yeah. yeah. I'd love for you to start Pixie. You've, um, oh, you've, okay. you've, you've gone through some really cool stories. Yeah. Well, we kind of <clears throat> broke down our check-in to do a few key questions um, to help us stay on, on topic, what? Um, <laughs> which we need. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, you know, we're asking each other, what have we learned about our creativity recently? So what have I learned? Um, well, I have a few things to add. Uh, and I have some things I already kind of wrote down initially when I was contemplating this, but I just recently had some thoughts come through. But um, mm. I can trust my creativity is always there. Um, and there are many paths available to take when the timing is right. So I I am in the thick of doing, uh, having artist table, like going to first Friday and selling my work. I've sold a bunch of work in the last few months. Um, I've sold work online. I have a solo show coming up on December 1st. Um, Congratulations. And thank you. A lot of uh, new opportunities and doorways opening and Mm. opportunities to say no to things um, and and how that feels. and also feeling the pressure to make stuff mm-hmm. and what that's doing to me. Mm. Um, and this is the big struggle flow state. Mm. Um, it's really challenging to get there when you're being pulled from all sides. You know, yes. I have a day job. I have self-care. Yes. I have daily tasks. Yeah. And when I finally sit down to make new things, I have to access a different part of my brain. Um, 
Yep. And with all, and even marketing and packaging things and deciding on price and negotiating and asking questions and paying deposits and balancing my checkbook. And when I actually sit down to make things, I've been struggling with that. And so while I'm really excited and like in, inspired, I am now trying to understand the new systems I must create to function mm-hmm. within that space. Um, you know, there's a few things I want to share about that. One is I'll just share my experience this weekend. So I feel like we can divide our lives into three pieces. We can divide it into work where you kind of have to be semi extroverted and giving to other people and thinking about a million things at once. Then your home and self-care, like just taking care of yourself, checking out mental health check-ins, people you love, relationships, you know, that takes a bunch of your energy. And then there's the flow state for making art where you have to kind of let yourself go and like respond to your intuition and not be as controlled. Mm. And I'm and I'm looking at it from like a brain chemistry, I guess, or functioning uh, perspective where I, I definitely feel like I have to find a way to get that functional like functional work brain, like task brain shut down and less dominant and shift to the other side. Wow. And so I this weekend I wanted to um, take care of things around the house and have time to do nothing and maybe try and enjoy a TV show and um, talk with friends and catch up with them and do something fun. But I also wanted to make like three new pieces and I put it off and I was feeling really guilty about it, but I realized I kind of needed to not do it. And it wasn't until after I did all the other things and I sat down, I made one piece. It did not turn out good. I I started another one. And then Sunday morning, this oh morning, I finally made something that I'm like, yes. But it took me like two days. Wow. And I'm trying to understand now how to make that turnaround quicker. It might be that I need to make myself make something small every day. So I'm accessing it all the time. Right. The muscle is uh, sharp and match fit. Yeah. Like I had to warm up. Mm-hmm. So... That's a big thing about yeah, my creativity. You, that I like that you were um, discussing the regime of doing the daily drawings and the sort of the um, is it is it October drawing challenge? Is that what's the thing? <sighs> I failed thing? it. Yeah, it was a daily drawing thing. I just couldn't do it. Um, I'm, it's I'm a gonna great try. aspiration, though. Yeah, and I would love to be in that level yeah. of commitment as well. Yeah, it's a goal. You know, I'm I'm aiming for it. I'm going to try and set a goal of a certain amount of work per month. Yeah. Any artist worth and, their lick is going to say, just keep making art. Yeah. That's the only trick you need up your sleeve. Is just, just keep can, doing it. Yeah. Voracious amounts of work. Yeah. So it's there and I can trust in it, but I need to create a new system and I'm working on that. So that's my new project is how I can create that flow state more consistently. Right um, on. And, you know, just calling it out there. We need three-day weeks, three-day weekends, not weeks, three-day weekends, because I really think if like if I head off tomorrow, I think I'd get a lot done. Mm-hmm. I think I needed a good two days to just like reset and then check in. That would be ideal for me. Yeah. But, you know. Um, so what have you learned about your creativity recently? Uh, recently, I've been learning that um, – the contrast between me and some people that are in my life that I feel jealousy towards 
because their creative output is bigger than mine is that um, it's quite singular for those people. They have the thing. And for me, I my outlets are really varied. And so accepting that I just, I am going to be who I'm going to be. And that old comparison bug, man, because um, it's not like, you know, I started the Substack to do poetry um, and then things happen and I don't feel as inclined to do as much poem. Like the poems just aren't coming right now. It's like a hunger that's just not there. Um, and then, you know, visual art, there was like an era where I was working towards exhibitions and so therefore I was making a lot. That's not there right now for me. Um, and I realized that um, I am so musical and hmm. things have happened in my life that make sometimes make making music really hard mm -hmm. because it reminds me of times that are um, really different now yeah. and, I, and I've lost um, a, a version of myself that was very, very much tied up in making music. So like my sense of identity changed and kind of trying to rectify that part of my creativity that was linked to that part of my identity. Um, and I figure the way to solve for that is to do something that I've always meant to do, which is um, deepen my musical study. So I'm going to embark in music lessons. Oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I have a lot of insecurity around my musicality. Um, I know that I have some raw talent, some genetics um, that have gifted me some pretty amazing pipes. And I don't want to squander those gifts. And I also don't want to let my insecurities keep me from fully realizing what could be. So I'm going to polish that gemstone. I'm excited about that. I mean, I feel like it's relevant to say like Ruto and I and our friend Dave have a really sacred history of singing together almost every day for a lot of the time we were in college together. Mm. And, you know, you are incredibly talented and I can only imagine what a little like, you know, coaching coaching would it wouldn't take much you know what i mean we i'm really excited to see what happens i am too i can't wait because it's like it 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 is in and of itself the gift just by spending more time with music so it's like yeah absolutely. no matter what i do it's gonna be fine because <laughs> it's a gift yeah myself. absolutely yeah so realizing long story short realizing my creativity has a gazillion different outlets um um, being mildly talented in a variety of things um, can feel like a curse because it means that you're just never fully committing to one thing. Um, <laughs> but the gift of it is that I'm never bored. <laughs> yeah, and like maybe you can kind of make your your voice or your practice all of those things. You know what I mean? Like maybe it can be all of those things somehow. Yeah, it feels like there are eras of me. Um, yeah. So I, I'm excited about the the musical era coming back because it's been a, a good chunk of time. Yeah, and um, I also, I really, that word jealousy, that's a hard thing. Uh, I get it too. Everyone does. I think it's I'm important. having a lot of fun talking about jealousy. It's interesting. 
Yeah. Yeah. Jealousy is fascinating. And I, um, it's a, I think it's one of the worst mm-hmm. of the human emotions. I think it, it, yeah. it makes you do terrible things to yeah. yourself. Yeah. Um, and others, sometimes it's just a really, um, dark shadow side. And I think the more we talk about it and bring the light on it, I think it, it's healthy for all of us to consider it because, you know, how I've coped with it a lot is if I've ever felt jealous, then I'm like, no, that means I think that person's amazing. Let me get to know them. Aww. That's like, that's how I've, that's how I've done it. And I just like Darling. shower them with love. <laughs> and that's how I've coped with it most of my life. I remember having some dark times with it when I was a teenager, but I was like, I can't, it, 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 was all encompassing in those teenage, usually having to do with boys, you know, like that. I think we all felt that or just someone you had a crush on, whoever, mm-hmm. boy, girl. And like, um, I remember feeling it and hating it and then kind of learning how to cope with it. And so I just wanted to thank you for sharing that. Cause I think it's important for us always to kind of like, you know, reflect yeah. on that thing we all do and social media makes it exacerbates it for a lot of people it makes mountains out of molehills yes it does it encourages a level of both narcissism and also paranoia to sink in yes and i think that has been part of what's affected me with my ability to get to that state because i'll doubt myself for a good day and it will shut me down from being able to make anything because mm. I'm like, well, I got to make something that like stands out. That da da da, and it's like, no, like, no. And I have this really amazing life coach, and she always says, "Do not compare yourself to anyone else because they're doing the thing that works for them. Mm. Do the thing that works for you." And I've been starting to say that to myself, and whenever I trust in that, things come out. Nice. We all have our own place, and we just have to trust in that place. Yeah, and I think success is a really interesting mixed bag of nuts um and you can't no matter how hard we try it's really not something that you can just magically recreate it's not a formula that's straight out of the cookbook and you know there's a elusive there's a there is a level of illusion Mm -hmm. and a level of um fate and unpredictability to it and so I, in some degree, am learning that chasing after my own best version of me is probably the the kindest thing I can do for myself rather than chasing after success. Yeah, because the success will come naturally with you following your intuition and the things that flow to you and around you, if that makes sense. like I think the definition of success is very slippery as well. So, that's true. You know? Yeah, like what does that even mean? It's mm. personal, isn't it? It's personal. Well, we definitely know the status version of success. Right, right. You know? Money and claims. Yeah. Standing, st- power and status in general. Yeah. And I think that um, that's, the, that's the slippery slope that can get you real toxic. Agreed. So I think being aware of that's important. Like as I'm starting to, you know, share more, I'm always asking myself, what do I, what am I aiming for? And I don't know yet. I don't want, I know I don't want like intensity. Um, I want authenticity and like natural, a natural existence. That's what comes to mind. So influencers, influencers, 
you know, that really large fan. Like, I don't want that. I'm not interested in that. And um, I always just kind of check in with myself and I'm like, what are you looking to do? And it's not that. Mm. I don't know quite what it is yet, but it's not that. And I find it to be very toxic, like some of the stuff I see. So I just try to take note of the things that bother me and then and then lean into the things that don't. Nice. Yeah. Any other important creativity reflections? That is seasonal, you know, that um, we're not machines. I've yeah. heard it so many times from so many of my it's favorite true. creatives. Yeah. Um, Michelle Casey being one of them. She does definitely talk about this um, pleasure over pressure. I love that. And I think that's what I, I've been thinking about too. Like I was thinking, well, maybe I can have a schedule where I make sure I produce two pieces or three a month or something like that. But then I make sure there's two months where I have no pressure to make anything. Mm. And that's my time off, you know? So, and maybe I'll make something then, but I give myself permission to be like, those two months, you will not be, you don't have to set a goal. You can just kind of chill for those two months. And I think that's kind of what I'm watching other artists do who are more, who are more, have more going on than I do. And I'm kind of learning from how they do it, seeing what will work for me and seeing how I can set it up. But yeah, it's seasonal because you need to like, you can't do anything. Like we just said at the end of our last season, when it starts, you start getting tired, time to hibernate. Yeah. 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 So I feel like the, the segue from here is that we're telling stories about lessons that we've learned within the context of creativity, but our own personal circumstances are our stories. And within those stories are, um, you know, characters or um, fables that, you know, let's lean into our fairy tale roots, (laughs) our mythic roots, and talk about stories and characters that seem to be relevant or um, pertinent to now, to the who we are now? Well, when I initially thought about this, <clears throat> I couldn't come up with one character. And then as I was sitting here thinking about it, uh, Yennefer came to mind. <laughs> and um, there's this scene in one of the episodes where she, you know, she's trying to like deal with this gin. It's really dangerous, this genie. And she's like sacri- almost killing herself. Mm-hmm. But she says this thing and she's like, I want everything. <laughs> um, and I, for some reason, I just felt that. Like I was like, I guess just I've been through a lot of hard things and I just want to enjoy. I just mm. want to like take in and feel bliss and like feel mm. grateful and feel. So in that, like when she screams that, I was like, I see you, girl. Like, I want that too, you know, in my own way. And I also loved how she fought for what she wanted. And um, I think that that might be who I'm thinking about a lot. Um, And it's funny because I initially wrote, I want a newly written character. Mm -hmm. And I wrote, she wears tall and black boots in the autumn winds. And I was like, that's low-key her. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess that was what I was thinking of. Um, I just... You know, the the good sides of Yennefer, the, like, go-getter person who will fight for the, the, the right thing. And I think I want to, you know, the world, things in the world are just really difficult and challenging. And I want to live 
as authentically and like with joy and gratitude as possible despite it. And you kind of have to be Yennefer to do that. <laughs> so that is my, I think that's who I'm channeling probably. Mm, she sounds determined. Yeah, she is. <laughs> and I also wrote um, finding little worlds to share her work in and crafting a magical inner circle of companionship and coziness. And I will say like, that's what's kind of happening. The more you kind of go to art markets and, and meet people, you get this community of artists around you and um, you have their wisdom and their experiences. And so you start kind of falling into the right communities of people who kind of get you and your voice. That's been really cool too. So that kind of plays into that as well. Oh, very cool. Yeah. What about you? Um, it's been a rough time for Miss yeah. Rudeau on a, if, if I think about one of the most important aspects of my, my personal mythology, it's my relationships. And I've had a friendship rupture, um, a big one, uh, a loss of a, of a personal friend here just due to our own inability to be good for each other. Um, and so my icons, my, my fail, my tales, um, you know, there's a, there's a shocking lack of stories that talk about this opportunity of what we were talking about earlier, like jealousy and toxicity between, um, powerful friends. Um, you know, there's, there's beautiful tales of, um, the, trials and tribulations of friends and how they get through things together. Um, but there's not a lot of support for what to do when, um, when things fall apart. And I think the relationship between women, we've just been so massively mischaracterized in stories or, um, we're sort of flat um, and, and really like two dimensional, uh, we're either, you know, like very innocent, um, corruptible creatures, or we are just pure crone hag evil characters. Yeah. Um, and you know, like all the classic fairy tales, there just really weren't any like females with female friends in them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so turning to what I do have in fairy tales to kind of explain my emotional landscape right now is kind of like the, the wintry white witches of, of storytelling. Um, just this, I think when you're in grief, um, and when you're thinking that the, how can the world possibly go on? How can she walk the streets without having cleared, cleared the air between me and her? Like, how could she not want to resolve anything that she thinks that her life is so difficult that she would rather just not deal with me. So like this idea that the world could just go on and yet this hole, this chasm could be there is so horrible to me that I want to stop the world. I want to freeze the world. So like the white wow. witch um, in Narnia, <clears throat> you know, she didn't ever want, she wanted it to be winter, but never Christmas. So like the pain of depression, but without any hope. Wow. Um, and the kind of stuckness and frozenness of that of that pain is definitely something I can understand and also kind of the the perverse desire to see someone suffer 
um, when you feel hard done by. I get like pretty wrathful inside of my head when I feel like I've been hard done by. Um, and, and being okay with that and not, um, like I think the opposite side of that is victimization. And I certainly moved through that period of victimization. And now I'm just like, okay, so like this whole full bodied version of Rudo is really complex. Um, a little scary. (laughs) Um, there's this gorgeous fairy tale, um, called the snow queen by Hans Christian Andersen. And, um, it talks of a mirror, a mirror, a magical mirror um, devised by this troll. And the mirror projects only the most horrible versions of reality. Um, all the worst parts of humanity are projected through this mirror. And so when you look in the mirror, the world just looks like a terrible place. Um, and, you know, so in this world, in this, in this kind of like scary troll world, the idea is that this mirror is going to be brought to all other realms and um, sort of wreak chaos and havoc and destroy goodness and hope and, um, you know, a godlike quality, purity. And these two children, the the protagonists of the tale, um, their own friendship is, is wrought apart because um, the little boy um, gets a shard of this mirror and he can only see the ugliness and the... Um, cruelty of the world and he's mean to his little friend and um just this idea that our own minds can poison us but that it you know it comes from this other realm which is the helpful part of fairy tales you know this like we we we're we're not of that nature but we are we're not impervious to it we have the capacity yeah yeah and if you're aware of it which is what fairy tales help us be aware of things we can process move through and then you know rebirth, rebirth from that too you know grow from that and not stay in that place which mm. is the healing grieving process that happens yeah i wouldn't say that i've moved through it i'm yeah. in it yeah absolutely i'm very very lucky in the fact that i have um, uh, a myriad of support networks and other outlets. Um, so losing a friend, um, will not necessarily, uh, destroy me because there's a good chunk of other things around. Um, but my goodness, how do you walk around with the hole this big? How do you do it? I mean, I'm still, I'm definitely in a different place than I was when we first started this whole podcast. Um, but you leave with, you get scars, even at the end when finally you feel like things are kind of turning, you have scars and sometimes they like, you feel them Mm -hmm. like Frodo with the shard in his arm. Oof. Yeah. The rain. Never heals. Never fully heals. Oof. But it's what makes us such interesting creatures. Yep. With every year. (laughs) <laughs> yeah the pain and the suffering is yeah. char- character building people <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so and that's my pithy <laughs> myth I, I think it's important these are such important subjects right and knowing that 
you know, for me, the motion is in the fact that we're these archetypes and that actually by embodying archetypes, it means you are in motion. You are in some kind of trajectory and transformation because you're never just solidly one thing. You're always changing. So if I'm inhabiting a role now, it means that I've left one role behind and roles have yet to find me. Yeah. We're always going through our cycles. Yes. And to kind of transition through that question, we then talked about, you know, what stories are helping us stay present in grief and hope and motion? What stories? So you kind of said the Snow Queen. Um, Were there any other stories that you were thinking of or is that kind of the main one? Um, So not so much of a story, but I'm really into um, the Jungian version of the tarot archetype of the hermit. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason that I'm into it is because, and you'll love this because it's about creativity, um, the concept of where you find your inspiration. Mm. So other other archetypes in the tarot talk about inspiration, like the generative aspect of inspiration is in your being. You know, the sun is shining on you. The moon is illuminating you. Um, you, you are um, in the garden. You know, there are things that are... Um, inspiring you out external sources going inwards you're receiving gifts whereas the hermit um rejects all external gifts and goes inward and the rule is that you're your own font of inspiration um and there's no other wisdom besides the one that's inside of you so that's a really fascinating concept for someone who's like relational driven and like and he's usually very inspired by the external world what happens if I remove myself from so much activity and find much more answers just within myself rather than searching for answers? That's a new one. Do you think – so that's what I was going to kind of recheck recheck in. Like is this the first time you've ever really like gone to this place in your life, would you say? Yes. Wow. Wow. Hardcore. I have never contemplated saying no to so mm. many social things, so many um, aspects of myself that require me to be kind of the hub, the spokes of a wheel. Um, I like being in the center of things. I like being the generator of things. Um, but the idea of it, of me withdrawing um, is sounding more and more delectable. Wow. That's so cool and kind of brave of you and We'll see how it goes. Yeah. I think it's a good lesson to learn that, like, you don't miss out on anything. You're the thing. As someone who misses out on a lot of things, it's lovely. Enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Okay. I can entertain myself quite well as long as I have a cute animal and, like, a friend around. I don't need to go do much. I mean, I like to go out, but, like, I'm very content with being in my world well it's i think it's about how you see yourself as well like i see myself in relation to others yeah um and that works to an extent but i think it can't it's not a two-legged stool you got to have that other really strong sense of self identity it feels as someone who's known you a long time it feels great i'm like excited for you it just feels like a really cool thing to be exploring yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, 
And it's also possibly misleading because I think when you're a loud, vibrant character, you seem like you're your own thing always. But what you don't realize is that I exist to bounce off of others. <laughs> That's like a really crucial element <laughs> to being who I am. Like, um, but it's not my purpose. Yeah. And then you might ask the question, well, who am I when I'm not doing that? And maybe that's kind of what mm-hmm. you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does a, does a tree in the woods that falls make a noise when <laughs> no one hears it? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I think it's going to be some cool things are going to come out of it. Cool. Watch the space. Watch the space. Um, my, should I say the stories I was thinking of? Hell yeah. I, they're kind of boring, I guess, but like, you know, <laughs> the same, the Lord of the Rings, like it hasn't changed. Um, it's like, I recently binge watched it again after a long time of not, there's just certain things in there. It's just for me, like the brutal, gruesome, like psychological trauma of mm-hmm. that Gollum, Sam, Frodo dynamic yeah. There's so much in that. Yeah. And we all go through it. And that climb up the mountain. I've written about it so many times, but like every time. Yeah. I'm like, when Sam carries him up, I just Ugh. I just think that that just always returns as home for me every time because Sam I'm is just the best. I'm heartbroken. We all get heart there's so many heartbreaking things going on. There's so many things going on in all facets of our lives with friends and family. And I lean on that story to remind me of, you know, even when it's hard, who's who do you lean on? Who reaches out their hand to you? And um, that kind of like feeds into something I kind of reflected on, which was I'm just really grateful for the people in my life. Uh, you know, I just a lot of um, friends who I consider family, you included, have been there for me this year. And I just... Uh, I think it's important to say, you know, you're not just yourself. You're, you have all these people holding you up and lifting you up and I hope I'm doing the same for them. And I think we all kind of carry each other. And in a time when I kind of am really finding myself in this new land I'm in, uh, I really realized this, this year I'm not alone. I can really feel, have faith at the fact that I'm not, my family situation may not look like I always wanted it to look, but it actually is better than mm-hmm. it could possibly be because it's truly authentic. I want to be in all the relationships I'm in. You know, I'm getting what I need in different ways from different people. And I'm I'm really lucky because there's the challenges are going to keep coming. And we have to take turns carrying each other up the mountain. Um, and oh, then, my goodness. That's amazing. It's true, though. And, you know, also... The Secret of Kells, uh, I guess. God damn, that's a gorgeous story. It's a gorgeous story, and it's really like that phrase, turning darkness into light. If anyone mm. hasn't seen it, um, there's some really great aspects to it. There are some problematic aspects to it um, but in terms of animation, but that's a whole other thing. But it is um, overall a gorgeous story, and there's a lot of hope in it. You know, I don't and, think I've ever heard you critique it. I'm... Am I derailing the conversation by asking what you mean by problematic? I don't think so. uh, But I think that it would be more relevant to talk about it and we could do an episode on it. But it's, there's some, there's some. 
Give me a taster. There's some racism in it. Okay. Yeah. And it could have been easily remedied with some creative, not even that creative, like just easy awareness of social, the world we live in. Mm. So it's, it's, I struggled with it. I actually, I love it so much and that's why I brought it up. But I also, and it's part of the truth, the authenticity. It's like, I love it, but I'm also disappointed. Mm. And it wasn't even rectified in a way that I thought was appropriate. So it's been, it's been like, I've been going back and forth on it, but the core of it, the, the like soul of that story and the animation, barring the offensive nature of it, some of it, it's like a small part of it, but it's there. It becomes um, a bigger part when it's not. That's the thing. Like, you know, it's still worth a watch with critical lens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, they meld secular, more secular ideas with religion and paganism with Christianity. And they ask the question, you know, maybe did mythic beings help create the Book of Kells? And I think that that's a beautiful sentiment. It's magical. And the power of art. Mm-hmm. Even in, even in dark times, and I think that that's really the core of that story. And the truth of the matter is, like a thing that I'm always having to face is even my favorite role models, the people I might love, things in the world, they always disappoint. And I think that that is maybe just life. I think that we're all going to disappoint each other at least once. We're all going to make mistakes. There's going to be some things about people and art that we're not into, right? But there's gems in there, right? I wasn't expecting to talk about that, but (laughs) yeah, appreciate it. I really appreciate that. But also, I feel like responsible. Like, if people are going to watch it, you might be offended. You know, you might be like, "Wait, like this makes me feel left out." And um, I can actually share some thoughts on that in my Substack. But it's just, you know, we have to talk about these things to hopefully change them. Correct. So, yeah, those those are my main stories, I guess, that came up for me. I mean, there's millions. There's so many. But <laughs> Lord of the Rings is always right there, you know, right up there at the top. And uh, it probably always will be. Um, you know, the other thing is I had – I went on this really epic road trip. I've never done anything like that before. My friend Abby planned and, like – implemented the whole thing and we got to see uh parts of the country i've never seen before and Mm. camp which and it and it triggered and challenged all things (laughs) like it was it was roughing it it was but it was like amazing like i'm so glad i did it and uh there were some highlights like things you know i think are important to note cape cod you know soul home maine acadia Mm. I mean, just, you know, I think really iconic places. Yeah. uh, Saw a little of New Hampshire, saw stopped in Vermont for Ben and Jerry's, you know, did did a two week, (laughs) did a a two week, you know, journey. And you learn a lot, a lot about yourself. You learn about dealing with lots of people in close quarters for a certain amount of time with the highs and the lows and giving people grace. And I think it's a great lesson. I think anyone should do it with people they care about. I mean, you learn how to, 
you learn how to negotiate those things. It's just the way it is. Like, it's okay, you know? Yes. We learned a lot, and I think it was really good for all of us. But um, my favorite memory that I really wanted to share uh, was uh, me and my partner driving alone along the coast and stopping at all these different um, little beaches in Acadia. And it was foggy and misty, which you know I love. (gasps) And every little beach was epic. But there was this one beach. And he was like, do you want to pull over here? And I was like, yeah, because I'd been wanting to jump in the ocean. And it was cold. It was cold. And like, like, I hadn't had a shower in like two days because we were camping on an island, like Mm. with no showers or anything. Mm. And um, I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. And I got out and like, you couldn't see that far. It was all mist and it was a rocky beach. Mm. And there were a few people on the shore. Mm. And I just, I was, and it's freezing cold. And I'm like, I am doing this. And I like took off my shirt. I had my bathing suit on and there was someone watching and they were looking at me and I was like, I'm going to do it. And they were like, do it. And I like <laughs> ran and I like ran into the water and I dunked yeah. underneath and they were like, we're going to do it too. And they like all, it was a couple other people and they all went in and it was a little scary because you're swimming in the ocean, the Atlantic and there's this mist coming in and you're like, how long do I stay? Like, what's going to happen? Like, and I ran out and I went in again, you know, and then I ran out again and the whole time Josh is just filming it, you know, like, and then I, I got all cozy. I changed. I got in the car in the heat and then we went and ate like oysters and like this delicious food. This cafe happened to be open and it was just the perfect few hours of yeah. just like slow, like taking in. It's like whimsical um, magic and, and mist and fog and the ocean and trees and just yeah. and cleaning myself in the ocean. It was just this wild, mythic yes. Yes. afternoon. And so I remember um, that and also camping on a dune near the ocean in Cape Cod. So those two things were – yeah. Oh, that's amazing. You've just reminded me that I went on a road trip um, with Bjorn's family and we took IM – and we went up into the um, forest and there was this tiny little narrow railroad track. This guy built his own narrow steam engine oh. type thing. And like he was, he was a potter. And so all the tracks are like native trees with like all these weird installation pieces, like pottery strewn about and everything felt like some kind of m- amalgamation of all the all the strangeness of the world, like all there. And you're just like on this little choo-choo train in the forest, like way up high. And you just see like turquoise oceans every now and then peeking through. It was bonkers. I, I, saw, I would highly recommend the Coromandel um, choo-choo train. <laughs> I forget the name. That sounds amazing. For I'm taking you. Train. I'm taking you. Okay. <laughs> when you you you're just gonna love it. First off, like the you know just that like kind of one third size of an adult is always really really nice when you just feel like you're part of something tiny and like of another <laughs> of another proportion. It just feels so nice. But then also to kind of have this, um, you know, there's just so little art in the world for you to just kind of gobble up as part of the experience of living. You know, I feel like we just, as a humanity, we really need to up the amount of public art that we ingest. Oh, pu- public art's amazing. It just right? makes the world more magical. Yeah. And this is the thing. You're reminding me that, that um, we gotta, we gotta hold fast to these adventures. 
Yes, we do. Even if they can be challenging, they're worth the challenge. It's it's a whole Bilbo thing. It's like, I want to go, but like, I really like my comfy house. Like, <laughs> go. Yes. No, you won't regret it. Yeah. 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 And it yeah. turns out that hobbits are the bravest, most adventurous, most yeah. sturdy yes. people on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bilbo has elven genetics as well. I don't remember that. Yeah. Not that a hobbit couldn't without that, but they make the point of saying like there was an elf family member in his line, which I think they kind of are like, he's not a homebody because it kind of is in his blood. Kind of oh. Thing. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. But that doesn't explain Frodo. You're right. It doesn't explain Frodo. Well, he well, is related. Right. He's related. If we care about that kind of thing, it really doesn't matter. But one drop of elven blood <laughs> will make you want to go on an adventure. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's really funny. Oh my God. Actually, you know the two scariest characters for me right now, thinking about Lord of the Rings. From my list, is going to say more about me than anything else, but Gollum, obviously. Oh, he's yeah. Um, because because of the the amount of self loathing that he has as well, yeah. Um, but then also um, wormwood, worm worm tongue. Worm tongue. Oh, Thank worm you. tongues, terrible. Yeah, so scary. Yeah, so scary. Yeah, yeah. All the worst boyfriends you ever had <laughs> wrapped up in one guy. Yeah, <laughs> like for real. Like stocky, icky, no good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, if I could plug a few things before yeah. we, I think we're close to our fade out. Um, mm -hmm. You know, a few shows that I was in, I wanted to just speak on quick. I was in a fiber show um, over the summer while I was on that trip. So it was a bunch of work that was using fibers, material, sewing. And my one of my Seabird's dream pieces was in there. And that felt really good just because I found uh, a style of art that kind of made sense with mine mm. and it gave me more courage because I was showing with people who were playing with similar ideas and it was That's about cool. grief and mending and my work is all about that so that was like a very affirming show and then um, sitting in that gallery and gallery sitting and working on my art there even though literally no one came in <laughs> like except for one friend thank you Clara um, you know it was just a really cool moment. And then shortly after that, I got accepted into another group show um, at this beautiful gallery. And it's called. it was called Oral. And it was about, similar to our episode, about what music do artists listen to when they're working. And we all sent in playlists. And so you could scan your playlist and listen to it while looking at the artwork in the gallery. It was a genius idea. Yeah. And that was really cool. And then that kind of led me into I'm now having my solo show in that space in a few, in like a month. So oh my goodness. We'll be checking in about that, but that's, I'm finally doing it. And then I have my work in a few shops. I have, um, at a new coffee shop around the corner and, and they kind of linked me into doing, uh, first Friday type things. So it's been fantastic, really thrilling and like a little nerve wracking and inspiring because I'm meeting some cool people too. So yeah. Yes. So if you're in the Pittsburgh area, definitely check, check those things out. Um, and always head on over to your website as well. I love that you're selling prints. Yep. 
Is there anything else you feel you need to share? I'm just going to congratulate myself for talking about things that don't necessarily put me in the best light. Um, So yay for that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think they put you in a great light because it's authentic. Right. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. My perception of things that don't put me in a good light are probably the things that I should just be brave and do more of. And we all not being happy. Yeah. And we all do that. Do our own thing, our own version of that. The things that we struggle with, we all do. So you're not alone. You're in good company. I sure am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm glad that we went there on this one. And I feel properly checked in and really excited to gift the audience um, some really cool um, think pieces coming up. Yeah. We have some really cool things coming up. We're we're very excited. Mm -hmm. We've been prepping for this for a while. Yeah, we have. So... Thanks for rejoining us. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Bjorn, for constantly editing this show. Thank you, Ollie, for the amazing music and all of your advice you always give me. Check out the Magic Hour Dreamcast on Substack to get an editorial treat for each episode. So you can start checking in there if you'd like. And this show is produced by Rudo and me. We hope you're enjoying it. Feel free to send us a note if you'd like to cover us to cover something or if you'd like to be a guest on our show. We would love that. You can get the benefit of being um, upgraded to paid subscriber at any time on the Magic Hour Substack. Paid subscribers are like fairy godparents. We'll be sending (laughs) you seasonal gifts um, that are just for you. So if you found us on YouTube, be sure to like, subscribe, and recommend to your friends. And um, our production strategy doesn't necessarily involve ads, so we really rely on your sweet voices to spread the word. Yeah. The music we use for our podcast is called Whimsical Aliens. It was written, performed, and performed by Alejandro Bernard from Ithaca, New York. And we interview him in our season one. So check that out if you haven't heard it yet. You can find him on YouTube, Patreon, and Instagram. Just follow our links. And as always, join us again in a few weeks where magic, myth, creativity, and friendship are woven through each episode. And until then, stay magical. Bye. Bye.